Welcome back to Night School, episode 18, Song of Myself, 16. And back with me, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Professor Wesley Shantz. Hey, good to be back. How are you doing? Uh, it's good to have you back. I'm doing well. I'm always happy to be doing night school, especially on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I've been out in the sun, and it's, it's now time to share my experiences um, of Whitman and uh, share them with you. I think it's a good, it's like we're playing video games after playing sports together as kids now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 42, yeah. huh? And so we're on to 42 out of 52, and we are getting there. And so I believe, as you always say, the odds are yours, so the evens are mine, and here we go. A call in the midst of the crowd, my own voice, oratund, sweeping and final. Come, my children. Come, my boys and girls, my women, household and intimates. Now the performer launches his nerve. He has passed his prelude on the reeds within. Easily ridden loose fingered chords. I feel the thrum of your climax and close. My head slews round on my neck. Music rolls, but not from an organ, from the organ. Folks are around me, for they are no household of mine. Ever the hard unsunk ground, ever the eaters, and drinkers, ever the upward and downward sun, ever the air and the ceaseless tides, ever myself and my neighbors, refreshing wicked reel, ever the old inexplicable, inexplicable query, ever that thorned thumb, that breath of itches and thirsts, ever the vexers hoot, hoot, <laughs> till we find where the sly one hides and bring him forth, ever love, ever the sobbing liquid of life, ever the bandage under the chin, ever the trestles of death, here and there with dimes on the eyes walking to feed the greed of the belly, the brains liberally spooning, tickets buying, taking, selling, but in the feast never once going, many sweating, plowing, thrashing, and then the chaff for payment, payment receiving, a few idly owning, and they the weak continually claiming, this is the city, and I am one of the citizens. Whatever interests the rest interests me, politics, wars, markets, newspapers, schools, the mayor and councils, banks, tariffs, steamships, factory stocks, stores, real estate, and personal estate. The little plentiful mannequins skipping around in collars and tailed coats. I'm aware who they are. They're positively not worms or fleas. I acknowledge the duplicates of myself, the weakest and shallowest, deathless with me. What I do and say the same waits for them. Every thought that flounders in me the same flounders in them. I know perfectly well my own egotism, know my omnivorous lines and must not write any less, and would fetch you whoever you are flushed with myself. Not words of routine, this song of mine, but abruptly to question, to leap beyond, yet nearer bring this printed and bound book, but the printer and the printing office boy? The well-taken photographs, but your wife or friend, close and solid in your arms? The black ship mailed with iron, her mighty guns in her turrets, with the pluck of the captain and the engineers. And the houses, the, the dishes and fare and furniture, with the host and hostess, and the look out of their eyes. Sky up there, yet here or next door or across the way. The saints and sages in history, but you yourself? Sermons, creeds, theology but the fathomless human brain. And what is reason? What is love? What is life?
<laughs> Mr. Wesley Shantz. Great questions, Alex and Walt Whitman. Uh, this is an odd one. It starts out with a, a call and it's in his own voice and All right, and you were saying, Wes? Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. I, I was just pointing out how, trying to get my bearings here with the opening call in the midst of the crowd in, in his own voice. And then somehow by the end of it, we come to this series of questions that ends, as you read, what is reason and what is love and what is life? Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on in that opening, except that He's using some musical imagery that sort of stood out to me. Um, that there's someone uh, playing on the reeds. And I like that because it's, you know, an Okay, sorry about that again. I hope this will be a little more stable. Um, I hope you can still hear me. <laughs> I, I was talking about the music, I guess, and uh, the play on words that he has there with the reeds first, right? A natural thing that's also musical, um, but then also the organ that's a bodily part, but also a musical instrument. Um, and he's got the word climax that's sexual but also musical so there's something interesting going on where I guess he has finished his prelude and now he's sort of just flowing freely um, and I think that comes back to the crowd too which is sort of his subject for the rest of this besides the musical stuff because they're also um, producing the music it sounds like the vexers hoot hoot um, and they're sort of the uh, the source of his inspiration here um, they are the love, the, the sobbing liquid of life, and that love includes death, it sounds like. Even the people who aren't physically dead walk around as if they were, right, with dimes on the eyes, walking. So, like, corpses would have um, coins placed on the eyes, and so there's that image that he's playing off of, but I guess also you could imagine these people walking around um, thinking only about money, right? To feed the greed of the belly, the brain's liberally spooning, um, tickets buying, taking, selling. And these lines um, just kind of overflow with activity, and yet it's not, um, it's not really productive. It's just sort of like frantic. Uh, and yet he wants to say that he's not simply satirizing, right? Mm -hmm. These little plentiful mannequins um, they are not positive, they're positively not, sorry, worms or fleas. They're duplicates of him, right? And he's, 
the first to acknowledge his own egotism and I guess all of the limitations that go with that. But as he says, his, his poem has omnivorous lines, right? He takes in everything and it's no, um, it's no routine matter, uh, this song of his. And then in that last stanza, it does erupt uh, out of the everyday things, right? To point towards the people and the emotions behind them. Um, the printer and the printing office boy. So when he looks at his book, that's what he thinks of first. Um, the people who produced it, not just the poet, but the physical manufacture of it. And then looking at a photograph, he thinks of the people who are close to you who won't always be there, right? Um, when you look at a, a, a ship, like the one he was talking about not long ago, uh, thinks of the pluck of the captain and the engineers and uh, all of the commonplace objects in the house makes you think of the, the person who's the host and the hostess, right? Um, and then it gets distinctly cosmic, right? The sky, um, the saints and sages. And then we get those final questions, which I think like the crowd, you know, you could see them as almost satirizing um, because they just sort of are stated so baldly. But I, I, I take it that he's producing in us some kind of readiness to hear those questions on more than one level and to, you know, maybe laugh a little bit. Surely that's intended, but also to think uh, as we go about our day, what role those reason and love and life are, are playing in it. Yeah, and I also, I'm, I see quite a bit in this, <clears throat> in this, um, this particular part 42, and it reminds me quite a bit of both the Phaedrus, which you recently mentioned in your podcast and Game Cool Books, um, and talking about, uh, with Socrates talking to Phaedrus about how so many people want to learn about, say, chimeras and sphinxes and understand the gods, but they don't even understand themselves, and so, uh, Socrates says, rather than understanding some theory of the cosmos, I, I might as well understand myself. And then here we see that Whitman seems to be agreeing more that it is the producer of things rather than the things themselves, which are most interesting in the world, uh, which I think connects very nicely because you can have experience of the people who are alive now and the process by which they bring things into being and that that is far more interesting than the simple product itself. And so like, you know, rather than just like a book, you know, even the Bible, he seems to be suggesting, why don't you think about the brain that first produced it, that you have, that you can consider, and these, uh, also consider these, ex these basic ex experiences in life, like your capacity to reason, how you use it every day in order to figure things out, uh, and depending on, you know, what it is you have to do, you do have to reason every day. What is love? Most people do experience, experience that in some way every day and certainly if they're not experiencing it they are experiencing its absence and what is life well that is what is happening while we are alive uh life seems to be the song that he mentions here and so you said he has all this musical uh imagery which he does which goes from the natural to the instrumental um which is still natural right organ like like pipe organ slash uh your kidney um and reed like you said reads and like where crocodiles are in the stream uh, and also reed pipes. Um, 
but then he explicitly calls this poem his song, and it is called Song of Myself. So there seems to be a connection in this pastiche-like or ekphrasis-like or shield of Achilles-like description that life is like a song and that it is an ongoing series of events that you experience. And it is exactly your experiences uh, throughout time, and perhaps in a lit that you have in a sort of linear or more like collage fashion are that which are you. And sort of like what Camus suggests in The Stranger, when the man has uh, killed and is reflecting on his life and he thinks, if only a person could remember one entire day of their life, they would never have, uh, they would never have want of something to think about. And that seems to be Whitman's point here, that he's sharing his experiences, but that his experiences are gold in the same way that all people's <clears throat> experiences are gold. And he, he does also mention his basic identity or isomorphism with other people. Even though he has the egotism to share what he sees, he suggests that he is sharing that which anybody could see and that, in fact, anybody would benefit from seeing from him. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the mannequins, but he is a mannequin. You know, it's like a blank, a duplicate of myself. Again, that's excellent. The, I, that is explicitly saying that humans are isomorphic. And he says, like he said, um, that he is of the city. So I, I really like that too because of all the natural imagery in here too. But that the city is, in many ways, the natural environment of humans and especially those who have cars nowadays. Um, you know, and uh, so I like that, that he doesn't have sort of a false distinction between uh, habitats that humans find themselves in, right? Like people say the country or city people, and he's saying he's neither metropolitan nor rustic. He's, he's epic. He's capable of representing the city at war, the city at peace, as it were, like the Shield of Achilles. And, um, and I think that is what requires epic scope. Uh, um, and maybe this is what I've been leading towards, or he's been leading towards. He's not simply judging reality. He is ex trying to express it as it has manifested for him. Right. Yeah. And this, this part, it seems like he's, he's working his way towards the close of the poem yes. as well. Yes. And that's, that's, you know, the point at which you, you step out of the book finally to go back into your everyday life. It, it makes sense. Assuming most of his readers are sort of citified um, people at this point that he would kind of switch over to focus on that setting again, as he's talking to them in particular. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, so, 43 then all right i hope this does not again the, whatever's going on here does not break my phone in the middle of this um <laughs> uh so we're, we're carrying forward the second person here okay 43 i do not despise you priests all time the world over my faith is the greatest of faiths and the least of faiths in closing worship ancient and modern and all between ancient and modern believing I shall come again upon the earth after 5,000 years, waiting responses from oracles, honoring the gods, saluting the sun, making a fetish of the first rock or stump, pow-wowing with sticks in the circle of obus, helping the lama or brahmin as he trims the lamps of the idols, dancing yet through the streets in a phallic procession, wrapped and austere in the woods, a gymnosophist, Drinking mead from the skull cup to Shasta's and Vita's admirant, minding the Quran, 
walking the teocallus, spotted with gore from the stone and knife, beating the serpent skin drum, accepting the gospels, accepting him that was crucified, knowing assuredly that he is divine, to the mass kneeling or the Puritan's prayer rising, or sitting patiently in a pew, ranting and frothing in my insane crisis, or waiting dead-like till my spirit arouses me, looking forth on pavement and land, or outside of pavement and land, belonging to the winders of the current winders of the circuit of circuits. One of that centripetal and centrifugal gang, I turn and talk like a man leaving charges before a journey. Downhearted doubters, dull and excluded, frivolous, sullen, moping, angry, affected, disheartened, atheistical. I know every one of you. I know the sea of torment, doubt, despair, and unbelief. How the flukes splash, how they contort rapid as lightning with spasms and spouts of blood. Be at peace, bloody flukes of doubters and sullen mopers. I take my place among you as much as among any. The past is the push of you, me, all, precisely the same. And what is yet untried and afterward is for, me, for you, me, all, precisely the same. I do not know what is untried and afterward, but I know it will in its turn prove sufficient and cannot fail. Each who passes is considered, each who stops is considered. Not a single one can it fail. It cannot fail the young man who died and was buried, nor the young woman who died and was put by his side, nor the little child that peeped in at the door and then drew back and was never seen again nor the old man who has lived without purpose and feels it with bitterness worse than gall, nor him in the poorhouse, tuberculed by the rum and bad disorder, nor the numberless slaughtered and wrecked, nor the brutish kabu called the ordure of humanity, nor the sacks merely floating with open mouths for food to slip in, nor anything in the earth or down in the oldest graves of the earth, nor anything in the myriads of spheres, nor the myriads of myriads that inhabit them, nor the present, nor the least wisp that is known. Well, this is pretty amazing to me because I think we've been reading Whitman as if he were sort of a naturalist that had some questions about Christianity, but well, bang, here it is, major statement of faith <clears throat> for all the mention he has of oracles, like from the Hebrew or the Greco-Roman tradition and the Lamas um, and the Brahmins from the Eastern traditions and the Shastas and Vedas, Vedas in the Quran, again, Eastern slash Middle Eastern. Uh, boom, we end with the Gospels. And uh, he then talks about the doubters and the, 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 the sullen in the same way that, say, Paul would have. And he even has sort of some, how, some Pauline language here, like how the flukes splash, um, <clears throat> how they contort rapid as lightning, with spasms and spouts of blood. He sounds like very much like a preacher. There, he actually reminds me some of the preacher from Moby Dick. Um, be at peace, bloody flukes. Again, there's another sort of like Christian image, the idea of sort of peace and bringing peace to the storm. Um, and let's see. And, and here we go. Here we have a, a, a strong statement of faith here. The past is the push of you, me, all precisely the same. So I think that means study history. And what is yet untried and afterward is for you, me, all precisely the same. And that's sort of like the admission that Achilles comes to that seems like we all pretty much die <clears throat> because we are the same. And, you know, we are all born 
And so it, it makes sense that we all die. And I don't know what comes next, but I, I have faith, but I know it will in its turn prove sufficient and cannot fail. And so he's saying that it doesn't matter what comes next and you don't need to know. All you need to do is, well, what he seems to be doing is manifesting himself in a way that he feels called to do. Maybe this is the answer to the call that he had at the beginning of the last part. And then he lists, you know, a host of sort of pathetic people, somebody with tuberculosis, you know, a child, unfortunately. <clears throat> Ending, though, with these giant numbers, myriads of spheres. Myriad comes from the Greek word for 10,000, which was the highest number the ancient Greeks could conceive of. And that's a pretty high number. Um, and, you know, a uh, child peeped in the door who never came back, old man, poor house, tuberculosis person, uh, numberless people slaughtered, there's the war, and wrecked. It's like all these people lived for purpose. There was a purpose to their existence. That seems to be what he's saying here, that he has faith that existence has purpose and thus this work has purpose and that it has sort of a Christian framework. Yeah, the way that he... Yeah. Sorry, the, yeah, the way that he uh, puts that as kind of the, the last of the series of religious practices and images there, I, I think is pretty interesting. Um, the way that he then sort of plays on the various forms which Christianity takes from the Puritan to the, uh, you know, the person at like a revival, like frothing at the mouth. Yeah. Um, so it's like the diversity of all the religions is sort of also in microcosm there in Christianity and all the different practices that people get up to. Uh, and I think that that sort of mirrors the last stanza, right? Because there's, they're both lists. The first one there is the list of religious practices and beliefs um, and labels. And the last one is the list of all the people, right? It doesn't matter who you are or what you are that are going to be sort of sustained by uh, reality. Um, and like you say, there's, there's a kind of purpose there, uh, which can be called, it sounds like, by many names and yeah, take many manifestations. Um, and including the, right, the dying whale, which is in the middle, like really divides this, this section um, with its splash, its, uh, its tail splashing, right, and thrashing. Um, that sort of violent or even sacrificial image going on there. And I like that you connect it with the Pauline thing about the the pricks, right? Kick against the pricks. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, I, I may have been. It was more of an intuitive thing I was saying rather than having a specific piece of text in mind. Okay. Um, That's what I thought of, though. And I did agree that it, it's reminiscent of that Moby Dick, which is something that I'm sure Whitman would have been familiar with. Um, although I, again, don't know exactly how much he's explicitly referencing it here. Uh, right. This, this idea that there's something so great, um, which nevertheless, right, has its beginning and its end. I think that might be his perspective on individual religions as well, right? They rise, they fall just like humans do. But the thing that's driving through them all is always, has always been there and will always be there. 
like they they are themselves Leviathan in its many manifestations that it is upon a hook in that way and that it rises and falls throughout the generations of man. Yeah. Now that's that's pretty I mean it's pretty powerful that he would come to that here as he's getting towards the end. Um it seems like he's really striving to encapsulate as much as he can before closing this long, long poem. Um, I'm really curious to see how it actually ends. Are you, you want to read one more? You know, this, this looks like a very strong one, just looking at the first line here. Um, and something that I think we've been waiting for. I think this, I think, I think let's save this one for next time. Because this okay. one's a big one, and I think I want to. We want to give this one full treatment, um, because right. we are we have been waiting for an explanation, and so I'm looking forward to getting one from him uh, next time. Well, hopefully my technology is uh, done spazzing out, and will behave better next time. Sorry about that again. Well, totally okay on my end. Didn't mess me up at all. Uh, this sort of thing happens. And, you know, if the listeners have been listening for any amount of time, and they'll, they'll know that it's been some time since we've had some technological issues, and we've been sort of rolling with it. And so we're, I, I feel just very thankful for how few that we've had lately. And, well, you know, uh, that, that might have been a small storm, but we weathered it. And now we're back to peace, peaceful peaceful waters. Right on. All right. Cool. Take care. See you next time.